Amen. All right, all right. All the way from Nicaragua. Bless you guys this morning. I'm excited um, to share with y'all. See, I don't know if you know this, but in my lifetime, I had two pastors my whole life. I'm about to turn 40 years old. So I've been at this church probably for about 17 years. And the other part of my life, my dad, he was a preacher. And of course, you know, by the fall, he was my pastor for the shortest part of my life. Because then I left my house when I was 17 years old. And I joined Youth with a Mission. And I served in missions for about 14 years. And then, you know, the rest is history. So here we are today. I'm hoping that you'll be blessed, that you'll be challenged, and that we can learn something together. Uh, we started a series with the youth group it's, uh, on spiritual warfare. I don't know if you realize this, but this hasn't been the greatest year ever. Um, if you don't believe me, just step out. Just ask anybody how their year is going. But we're going to talk about that. What is God doing uh, with the church in our lives, in our society, in our culture? What is it that, that we're dealing with? What does the Bible tell us about it? How are we to be prepared for it? What are we supposed to do? How is the church supposed to act, not to react? Because when you react, it's a little late. It's after the action. You've got to be ready before that. The Bible says that in this world you will have tribulation, but take it easy. I have conquered the world. That's what Jesus said. So we're going to talk about that. i got a few pictures that I want to share with you all. But before we do that, Talita, let's, let's pray. Jesus, we invite you. Holy Spirit, take control right now. Help us to understand what's in your heart for us individually, in our families, in our church, in our community. We surrender to you, Holy Spirit. And we ask you that you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Are right, you ready? So... The first picture you got here, I didn't give it to her in any order or whatever, but... Oh, you're not ready? What? Just the verses? No, the pictures? Get the pictures, because we have to show it to them. Um, So, you know, back in the day, in 1945, General Douglas MacArthur spoke to the world from the battleship Missouri anchor in Tokyo Bay, Japan. And this is what he said. Today the guns are silent. The skies no longer rain dead. The seas bear only commerce. Men everywhere walk upright in the sunlight. The entire world is quietly at peace. September 2, 1945. This is speaking right after World War II. That long work was... 70 to 86 million lives. In an estimate of $1 trillion, it came only one generation after what President Woodrow Wilson called the war to end all wars. That was World War I. Since World War II, we had Korea War, Vietnam, Iraq twice, not to speak of limited words, political assassinations, personal revolts, rebellions, and social revolutions. What's the source of all this conflict? Where does it come from? In the over 3,100 years of recorded history, the world has only been at peace 8% of that time. That's about 286 years. 
and over 8,000 treaties have been made and broken. During this period, there has been 14,531 words, large and small, in which 3,640,000 people have been killed. Years ago, a large statue of Christ was erected high in the Andes. This is in South America. On the border between Argentina and Chile. And the statue was called Christ of the Andes. So, it symbolized a pledge between the two countries. As long as the statue stands, there will be peace between Chile and Argentina. Shortly after the statue was erected, the Chileans began to protest that they had been slightly, that they had been cheated because the statue had its back turned to Chile. So it got so intense. They were so angry at each other that they were about to go to war over the position of the statue. And there was this really smart journalist, and he wrote a piece to the most famous uh, newspaper at the moment. And he wrote, The reason why the statue of Christ faces Argentina is because the people of Argentina needs more watching over than the people of Chile. So that dissipated the conflict. Everybody was at peace, and the Argentinians were like, okay, we like that. We'll take that. Now, it's not the source uh, in James 4.2. Do you have that scripture, Talita? James 4.2, let's put it up there. And he says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask, God says. So the source of quarrel and conflict is desiring things that we're not supposed to have. The source of quarrel and fight, it's in our hearts. And so... We're Christians, we are, it, we are like involved every day in what we call a real spiritual warfare. We are fighting against God's enemy, his name is Satan, and we are fighting for the souls of people. That's where the real fight comes in. See, you and me, we've been called to reach out to the lost, to restore the brokenhearted, to be the salt of the world. To be the light in the darkness. See, that's where the real fight happens. And so, one such, so then Satan is our adversary and he will use any strategy necessary in order to win. One such strategy he often uses to incite the children of God to war with one another. And it's hard to win the war abroad when there is civil war at home. So the best way to destroy a country is to destroy it from within. See, you start with the individuals. You plant the seed. But then the Bible speaks to us uh, that our fight is not against flesh and bones. It's against spiritual forces. Against Satan himself. So... There was a French novelist, his name was Alexander Dumas, um, and he, he wrote this thing, and it was about these two guys that had a, an, an argument, 
And um, the one guy was a young politician. The other dude was a writer. And they got into a heated argument to the point that they was to have a duel. Since both men were superb shots, they decided to draw lots. The loser agreed to shoot himself, so the rider lost. He took his pistol. He withdrew in silent dignity to another room, closing the door behind him. The rest of the company waited in gloomy suspense for the shot that will end his career. He rang out, Pah! His friends rang the door, opened it, and found the rider smoking revolver in hand. And he said, Gentlemen, a most regrettable thing has happened, he announced. I miss. <laughs> when we're fighting against each other, that should ring a red flag that something is wrong. God has, we, we have to tend to say this. I remember the first interaction that I had with Sister Esperanza. She was walking outside, and I said, thank you for coming. And she said, um, oh, that mass was wonderful. The praise was so nice. And I said, oh, thank you. I told Pastor Samuel later on. Uh, she thought this was a Catholic church. That's the terms that you use. But she was the sweetest woman in the world. So we think about her in her bottle with her sickness and we often, as Christians, we say things like, oh, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. You say, yeah, amen, hallelujah. But really, God doesn't have any strong soldiers. Because his grace carries us all. We don't need to be strong. We don't. We don't need to carry the weight of the world when we have God in our side. And he's the one who carries us. We got this idea that we're fighting these battles and we're just going against the world and we, we, we got to do it. But our fight is not against each other. A man will go down the street and see a hole. He fell on it. The next day, the man walked down the street and saw the hole and fell again. The third day, the man partially changed his route, but eventually still fell in the hole. The fourth day, they say that the third time is, what, what do they say? The charm, we say um, something in Spanish like, la tercera es la vencida, right? And, which is the same thing. Um, but basically, the fourth day, he altered his route a little bit, but then he looked back and fell in the stubborn hole. Finally, when the man became tired of his failure, he decided to walk on the other side of the street. Enough was enough. He stopped thinking he could do it. Many of us still, we can't. And we got these little bottles going on, and we're like, yeah, I can argue with this person. I'm going to prove my point. I can tell them what to do. Yeah, parents, you can keep fighting with your kids. You win the argument because I said so. You have the last word. But then, after you win that argument, you felt worse than what you felt when you started it. So did you really win? So we start picking these little bottles, and we're winning them, but we are losing the war. And what's the real war going on? Our fight is not against flesh. 
It's not against the people that are surrounded. It's not the people at your church, at your community, at your job. Your boss is not the enemy. He's writing your paycheck. Amen? So don't fight him. Don't go sneaking around and trying to waste time. You're going to get fired. Then you're going to need more money. Our fight is no just to make as much money as we can so we can have everything we want. You fight so hard, you work extra time, and then you're losing your family. So did you win that battle? And then we feel alone, we feel hurt, so we want to hurt other people because hurt people hurt others. That's just the natural reaction. And then we face situations like this family is facing. You, you lose a loved one, a really special member of your whole family. And then we have to fight grief. We have to fight just regret and loneliness, things that we weren't able to say or do. So there's a constant battle going on. And at times, you feel really alone. I remember being a, a, a PK, a pastor kid, and I could see, after being in ministry, how lonely it must feel to pastor a church. Because we do love our pastor, don't we? We do. But sometimes we fail to show that. You know how we do that? When you don't show up to church? Because then he wonders, where's, where's my, my ships? I'm the shepherd, and I'm supposed to take care of them, but I can't if I don't have them in range. Amen? So then, uh, there is, if you think about this, so God, he's all-powerful. He's omniscient. Uh, uh, he, he knows everything. He can be everywhere, and he can take care of all of us. Well, pastors don't have that ability. They have the Holy Spirit, though. But they're limited. So we come to them with issues and we speak to them and, and, and we give our troubles. But can you imagine if you have to counsel and pray and take care of over 400 and something people? That's what our membership list says, but, you know, only less than 200 show out at a time. But, uh, which is fine. With all that you're watching at home, get back to church. But the point is, it is hard. It is, it's, and at times... It's, it's really a lonely job because there are certain things that you're supposed to do and, and keep secret and just pray for it. And sometimes you have your wife and she gets a lot of the weight on because you guys have expectations what the perfect pastor should be like. Oh, I didn't like him this much, so I'm just going to try to know the church. But see, Sister Speranza, she didn't even know that he was called pastor. He was like, oh, he, he was such a nice priest. I was like, yeah, he is. There are many things in this world that give us reasons to be bitter. But you have to ask God to help us find ways to be better. The world is going to hit you hard. It's going to hurt you. People of faith are going to just say really mean things to you that at the time, it just makes you want to quit or want to fight them. I remember, oh, I was at Walmart. This lady was in front of me, and she was rude, and she kept looking back at me because I was getting impatient. And I was like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, but I was ready to fight this lady, which I never fought a woman. 
But she kept looking at me and she was making comments and I was like, lady, I don't know you. What's wrong with you? And I was like, okay, baby, we got to fight. Let's get it ready. Oh, oh. Uh, I was going to make a joke, but I can't in church. Um, so the world is not going to stop trying to find ways to hurt. You have to realize that God is doing more things than you know. God is working behind the scenes. He's doing things for you that you have no sin. Pray to me, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3.33. What does it say? Pray to me and I will do amazing things. I'm translating here. Uh, and I'll show you things that you've never seen before. That's basically the heart of that verse. You've got to trust God. That he's doing more things than you know. So, uh, you got those pictures ready? So, this is the, the, the world that we lived in, okay? So, boom. The first one. Boom. There it goes. These are funny. I have to show them to you. You might get offended, though, but that's okay. We're in church. We'll pray at the end. Um, I guess we're not ready. It's fine. Just show them when you're ready. Ah, there it is. So, we got this thing this evil thing and a beautiful thing called social media. So you, 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 um, you got like Facebook or Instagrams or whatever, and we share stuff. And so, but the way it works is like this. So you said, uh, I prefer mangoes over oranges. So another person says, so basically what you're saying is that you hate oranges. You also fail to mention pineapples, bananas, and grapefruits. Educate yourself. All right, next picture. So then, uh, you know, we got all kinds of issues in the in our society. Living the elections, the runner, uh, the economy, coin shortage, and whatever. But often we fail to argue about the really important things, such as should you put pineapple on pizza? Uh, should you eat meat or just vegan stuff? I don't even know what that is. Um, Using an off for comma or nah, country western music fans versus everyone else. Because we all hate country. I mean, we all love country. All right. Next picture. I mean, come on. Let's argue about something good. Um, not that one. That one is spiritual. Um, go to the next one. So I saw this, that this lady was trying to post something on Facebook. She said, tell, to be perfectly honest, in my humble opinion, of course, without offending anyone who thinks differently than my point of view, but also by looking into this matter with a different perspective, without being condemning of one's view, and by trying to make you objective, and by considering each and every one's valid opinion, I honestly believe that I completely forgot what I was going to say. So now go back to the spiritual picture, though. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no. There's the other one. So everybody's trying to go on a fishing trip in 2020. And it kind of looks like this. Now, if you're old enough, you recognize this picture. The rest of y'all, uh, you got to Google it or whatever. This is a picture of Jaws. So that's what a fishing trip would look like in 2020. So we live in tough times. You know, Jaws, the shark, ate the people. Come on, it's funny, though. Um, so we live in a time that, that, that there is real struggle. Like we're really fighting some battles. 
You know, I, I see teenagers and they're dealing with stuff that they haven't dealt with before. They've been stuck at home for a long time. So they actually have to live with their parents, right? So because most of the times they spend most of their lives at school or doing whatever. See, back in my day, when it was time to be home, we'll just go hunt birds and iguanas and kill animals, steal the neighbor's chicken, whatever occupied our minds outside the home. Nowadays, kids stay at home, they play video games, they're on their phone, they sleep their lives away. That's what they have to deal with. And then there is the, the danger of the internet. They can find all kinds of stuff there. Amen? So I was, uh, I was talking to one of the teenagers, and he said they were playing the Ouija board online. And I was like, huh? How do you do that? He's like, it, he tried to explain it to me. It blew my mind. I just prayed for him and rebuked the devil out of him. And so, but what I'm telling you is there's all kinds of stuff that the teenagers are dealing with that they haven't dealt with before. And we got real bottles. And the devil is entertained at this moment because all the church is doing is fighting each other. Trying to prove a point. Letting everybody know how wrong they are. And so now, let's go to this scripture, uh, the picture, the spiritual picture. You will know how to fight this battle, take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. So the scenario here for this picture is the, uh, the Israelites were camping, and at a certain point, that I don't remember the name of the place, but the army was coming to get them, and they realized one day away... That they were coming at night. So they did not have any time to prepare for this battle. And so they, general, at that point, he said, I, can't, I don't have time to get my army ready. I can't get everybody together. I can't get our allies. So I don't know what to do. See, a lot of times we're not looking for a fight. But sometimes the fight shows up in our doorstep. And he knocks in our door. Sometimes our fight lives with us. Sometimes it's a rebellious son. Sometimes it's a rebellious wife. I mean, a husband. And we have the bottle living with us. And it's coming at us. We're not looking for it, but it's theirs. So what you going to do? You got to remember this. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. You got to be able to look at your spouse and say, that's the devil. That's not you. <laughs> Don't do that. You can think it. I tried it one time. I got in trouble for like a whole week. I confess. But it's the truth. The devil is trying to destroy your marriage. The devil is trying to steal your joy. The devil is trying to kill you. Because that's what he came to do. He came to steal, to, to cheat, to destroy, steal, kill, and destroy. Is that right? Still kill and destroy. Yeah. He does so many things that I just, like, ignore him nowadays. I just, like, they would be a good, good help. Um, so the point is, we got to be ready for these unexpected battles. So they were, like, I don't know what to do. What are we going to do? So what did he do? He prayed. He said, God, what should I do? And God said, you will know how to fight this battle. I got it. You're good. And at the end, guess what? They were good. They were okay because God took care of it. So next time that you're tempted to tell somebody off because they don't agree with your political views, just shut up and pray. 
It's not your battle to fight. Our fight is against the devil. Our job is to reach out souls, to literally take them out of hell and bring them to heaven. Because there is people that are way going in that direction. But the church needs to stand up and start bickering and, and being bitter against each other. But it's hard, y'all. Mm, some people are just annoying. Some people, you just got to mute that. Or My wife is so good. I used to have like 3,000 friends. Now I only got like 1,200. And I was like, where did all they go? I was like, I blocked them. And I was like, okay. That's a better solution than fighting, isn't it? Or arguing, or trying to, or, or, or like lose your job or your joy over a meme or something somebody said. And sometimes you are right, but will you rather not say anything about it and win a soul for Christ than just being right? Because if you don't feel that way, then you lost something in the way. The reason why we are Christians. And this is how they will know that you are my disciples. The way you love one another. And sometimes the devil will come into your house. And turn brother against brother. Sister against brother. Fathers against children. Because it's like a country, y'all. If you can create a civil war, you don't have to fight that country. They're going to kill each other. So you already won. So that's what's happening in our society. See, Satan is trying to distract us and throw all this. But a pastor, they're wrong. And what they're doing is evil. Yes, it is. But what battle is for you to fight? Our fight is against the devil. 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 And you have to realize that because you've been fooled to think that you just are out to fight every Democrat or every Republican. Oh, because their platform represents the devil. And you might be right, but how do you fight that? Surely no offending people and calling them out. You didn't get a reaction on that one. I like it. I'm trying to stir you out this morning because I, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. And sometimes I just want to say things, but I'm tired of just stating opinions. We got to speak out the word because this world needs the word of God. The God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So, how many of y'all are parents here? Got parents, grandparents, or whatever. You just got thrown a kid at you and you had to take care of it. So, a lot of times the kids, they don't know what's coming next, Right? They like trust. You give them life. You give them a roof. You feed them. You buy them clothes. You buy them shoes. Why do you do that? And you just give them stuff. You even buy them phones and computers and whatever. But yet, when you tell them to do something, they don't trust you. 
because they don't know what's your behind-the-scenes secret plan because you're a parent, right? And so you say, but, but son, I think if you do this this way, it'll be best. Mom, but you don't know. You're old. You're kind of dumb. You don't know about TikTok. And so they don't trust you fully because they're kids. And so what you have to do is reassure them every day that you love them, that you want the best for them. See, the easier thing to do is just be like, it's because I say so. And a lot of times, we kind of learn that interaction with God. He tells us to do stuff, even though we've seen Him working in us, for us, within us. And He say, you know what? I need you to leave that relationship. You know what? I need you to stop that habit because it's going to destroy you. You know what? You just got to get in the world. You got to pray more. You got to fast. You know what? You, you, you got to take it down a notch. You know what? You got to control your anger. You know what? You got to do this. And you're like, but, but why? Because he knows best. Because he loves you. He's taking care of you. He's done it up until now, hasn't he? That sometimes we're like kids. We don't trust God. Even though he's done everything for us. We're still not trusting God. We heard pick your bottles. That sometimes the bottle is going to come at you. And fight you hard. Those of you that can do marriage counseling. You know that marriage hasn't been perfect the whole time. I mean it's been good. But it hasn't been perfect. But a lot of times you got to fight for it. And so many times we get caught up into fighting each other. Those of you that can do parent counseling, you know that parenting is not easy. I love being a parent. Ooh, it's so awesome. I love when I can spank my kids. I love it. So it's like, yeah, I'm the dad. I love it when they tell me that I, I love you, daddy. Alexander told me the other day, Daddy, I don't want you to go to work. I was like, but I have to so I can buy you gifts and food. And he's like, let's just pray. I was like, okay, let's pray. Jesus, I pray that Daddy gets a lot of money so he doesn't have to go to work. And I was like, amen. Man, I love that prayer. And he tells me every day, Daddy, I don't want you to go to work. Well, I mean, sometimes he's not awake when I leave. But when I am, he's like, Daddy, I don't want you to go to work. I was like, son, but I have to. So the devil is going to try to destroy your relationship with your kids. The devil is going to try to destroy your relationship with your friends. See, the devil is going to distract you so much that he's going to make you think that you should hate this person because they think different politically than you because that you have the opportunity to reach out to that person and take them out of darkness into the kingdom of God but you are too distracted and too worried about the elections because you don't understand that God is in control and no matter who the president is God is God he is the king of king he is the lord of lord and he reigns forever Oh, that feels good saying, because it's the truth. And you got to let that sink in.
got to stop fighting each other. Stop arguing. It's pointless. It's wasteful. If you want to argue with somebody, argue with Satan. Say, leave me alone in the name of Jesus. If you want to scream at somebody, just pray it out loud. I remember my mom used to wake up at four in the morning every day. And I hear her and she will cry. I mean, I'm talking about with the Lord. And I was like, what's wrong with my mom? Because she will wake me up too. And I was like, come on, mom, it's too early. And so one day I got my mom. It's like a really strong woman. She's 75 years old and she still works. She makes mondongo in the weekends and like. She's awesome. And so I think she got, she got the runner. And, I mean, she got it for like two days. And she was like, all right, let's go. Let's go cook. And um, so she will pray every morning. And one day I got the courage to ask her, Mom, what's wrong with you? Why do you cry when you pray? And she said, because the presence of God is so overwhelming that I don't have any other better emotion to show when I'm praying. And I just feel his peace, and I just cried because my heart is so full. So it actually made me happy from then on that she will cry <laughs> only when she prayed. Uh, but it, it was awesome. So you need to relieve some emotions, pray. You need to argue with somebody, argue with Satan. Don't argue with your wife. She's going to win, or you're going to end up in the couch. Don't argue with your kids. They're better at it than you. They do it every day at school with smarter kids than them. And they win. So they're going to beat you at it. Just love on them. Show them Christ. Stop fighting each other. It sounds like a joke, but this is for real. There's an enemy out there that is trying to kill you, your kids, your family, your nation, while you sit and watch it. Don't let that happen. Come on. Somebody broke into our house probably like a month ago, stole our safe with all our passport, my newly beautiful American citizenship certificate. That it took me like 14 years to get. I was so mad. I was like, oh, I'm going to get some cameras. Put it in my house. I got a gun. I'm going to shoot somebody. Nice gun. It's at 380, but it's got big bullets. It make a big hole. And so I was like, I'm going to shoot somebody. And I just got a, a check on my spirit. And uh, when was it? Uh, Thursday. Um, I saw somebody on our cameras, and we were at Jill's house. And I got in my truck, and I was driving home, and I was thinking my moves. I was like, okay, I open the garage, I jump in, get my gun, because uh, I don't got my license to carry yet, so I have it at home. So I was going to open the garage, jump in, get my gun, and then go find the guy, because he was in my backyard trying to steal my mower. And so I'd like, and I was driving, almost hit a dog of the neighbors. I always hate it when the neighbors drive by my road so fast because it's a country road because I got dogs and they got hit in a couple times and so I was doing the same thing I was just like and then driving push the garage and then I saw Randy he's like hey it was the the sewer system guy I had called him that I had a problem so he came he came to fix it see I had committed murder in my heart already I mean I shot the guy on the right leg before I got there and I'm a bad shot. I probably shot him in the stomach or who knows. Or missing completely. 
See, that's how we work. We're emotional. We do what it feels good. I was talking to a lady the other day. I was driving over. She's wonderful, Miss Deborah. And so I, I don't talk about politics with anybody. Politics, it's really important to me. Because I think we, we need to vote and vote our conscience. But usually I don't talk to people about it. I don't post stuff about it unless it's funny and then people get offended. And I think that's funny to me. It's a terrible humor, though, but I, I, that's my, yeah. Um, so she, she was a black lady, and she said, you know, it's, it's so stupid, she said, that people are destroying all these monuments and, and, and things. What people need to understand is that there is a hard problem that no matter what you destroy, no matter what you change outwardly, the heart has not changed, and that's what it needs to take place. Jesus needs to take control of people's hearts. So what's your, what are you fighting today? What's in your heart that is making you angry, is making you depressed, stealing your joy, destroying your relationships with friends, families? Stopping you from fulfilling the Great Commission, winning souls for Jesus. What is it today that is literally destroying you from the inside out? Because you've just given yourself to emotions, to what feels good. I'm going to act upon my rage and what I think is right. Because it's, I mean, it feels good to be right. But while you're right, there's five people that you could have brought to the kingdom of God. And they're going to rot in hell because you were right. It's a sad reality, but it's a reality. And as a church of God, I believe, I had the firm conviction that we got to step it up a notch. Maybe two or three. And we got to understand that our fight is against the devil. And sometimes you don't have to toughen up. Uh-uh, no, no, no. You don't have to be this strong soldier. You just got to surrender. And understand that you need the grace of God. You need his mercy. You need his joy. You're too sad. You're, what is it called? A sour booze or something like that? Booze? Sour booze? No. Whatever it is you are, the Lord can fix that. You just got to surrender. So now, can you stand that real quick? I just want to pray for you. Now, this prayer is not going to fix you. It probably will bless you. But I just want to pray for you. And as I pray for you, I want you to close your eyes. Let me explain why. Because I want you to think about this. What part of the character of God do you need in your life the most? Are you at peace where you are in your life? Can you stand people like people that you know or don't know? You know, there's married couples that they're still arguing about, you know, to put the, the forks upside 
the part that you eat on on the dishwasher after like 20 years. And then, of course, when you pick them up and they're clean, you grab them out of the place you eat. So that's the wrong way, but who cares? That's just a dumb bottle. You're still fighting about it. The toilet seat, that's, we don't talk about that. That's wrong. <laughs> Keep fighting that one. But you're letting the devil literally control your life over something that is so meaningful to you, but is so meaningless in eternity. And you're going to go to hell winning your little bottle. I'm speaking general here, not specifically about somebody. Because you just won the argument. You just had the last word. So Jesus, we surrender ourselves to you this morning. We humble ourselves because we're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We're not happy enough. We're not skilled enough. And so we come to you because we need you. We want to learn to trust you. And we want to be able to genuinely say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. God, the world is so entitled to their opinion and what they think or the things should be. But we want to do what you want us to do. Know what we think is best. Know what we think is right. But what the word says, what you have called us to be. And that is to be the light of this very dark world. So Jesus, I speak into the life of our church this morning, God. And I declare peace, joy, kindness, gentleness. Self-control. Because that's what it has to be seen in our life when we surrender to the Spirit of God. So I pray in the name of Jesus, we speak restoration to the families. We pray for joy, God. Let us be the happiest people on this earth. And know that faith. Texas, I appreciate it, kind of happy, but they genuinely filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the joy of God. So everywhere we go, we will affect and actually transform the society around us. So Jesus, we surrender to you, God. And we ask you that you forgive us for trying to be strong, for trying to be your best soldiers. When we are to do is trust you and let you have control over our lives. Father, we love you, Holy Spirit. We need you so much. Speak to our hearts. Let us carry the cross with dignity and integrity as we follow you. And surrender to you, God. Let us be an example. Because people will listen to advice all day, every day. But they will only follow examples. So Jesus, help us. Let us be filled with your spirit. And touch this world. And reach souls for Christ. In Jesus' name I pray with all my heart. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Be blessed.